Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happiness Journey with Dr. Den podcast, where every journey is worth living. My name is Dr. Den, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in anger management issues, both court-appointed and private, marriage counseling using the EFT method, dissociative disorders, narcissistic personality disorders, depression, anxiety, dream analysis, and also provide life, business, and retirement coaching support. I provide individual one-on-one session in English or in French, and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550, and our website can be found at lifecoach10amzalag.com. Today, I'm very excited to have for our third episode of Season 9, a very special guest and spiritual teacher, Anne Hintz. And just like every of my past episode, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. And the floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you. Um, as Dan said, my name is Anne Hintz. I'm from England, but I live in California, have done for 30 odd years. And I'm a mother and I have written a book about my journey because I believe I've developed some abilities that I didn't know were possible before. So I want other people to know that what I've done is possible and they can do it too. And I want to show people how to do that. So tell me, what is a spiritual teacher? Well, I teach spiritual concepts now because I understand them from my journey. But, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I I would not have understood them the way I do now. So that's why I say it's a spiritual teacher, just because they're spiritual concepts. What are the concepts that you have acquired throughout the years as Anne Hintz? <laughs> well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Because what yes. does spiritual mean? Yes, that's <laughs> yes. correct. A lot of people right. love to know what it means. Yes. So, um, yes, in some respects, some of them could be metaphysical um, understandings. I have a, an understanding of the law of attraction that I did not have before. But on a deeper level, which would I, I would say would be a more spiritual level, I believe now that because I can see inside my body, I can sense inside my body and believe I'm sensing through the connective tissue. And I believe that is where the soul resides. Mm -hmm. And so the work I'm doing is releasing the adhesions at this deep level. And I believe that it's freeing the soul up within the body. And once the soul is freed up and comfortable within the body, I believe it will stay within the body. I think when our soul gets so tight and uncomfortable in the body, that's when it decides to leave. So I think this frees it up. And as it frees it up, I think the signal that we attract, I think we're a signal in ourselves and we attract, um, we attract or we interpret spirit, the signal from spirit as it comes through it gets distorted by adhesions in that connective tissue. And that's where our ego manifests. But as we let go of these adhesions, then I believe we tune into spirit more easily. Wow. So how, how do you really feel inside your body? Which means that, is there like a a practice that you have to do? Like, is there like some kind of meditation, some kind of like, I don't know, like day in, day out, you do something that will get you closer in sync with your physical body? Well, yes, it's not a quick answer that that's my whole journey. Um, You know, it started by using the technique EFT. Is that the same technique that you're talking about? Emotional freedom technique? Uh, This is focus therapy. That's okay. Right. Yes. 
So it's different. It's a different EFT. This is emotional freedom technique where we're tapping on different parts of our body as we're talking through some emotional events or something that happened or the way we're feeling. So I started using it every day because I was very emotional. I was very reactionary. I was very negative. And I got to the point that I really, really, really wanted to change. (laughs) So I started using this technique, started noticing when I was emotional during the day, and then I would tap. It's also called tapping. I would tap about those emotions and come back to peace. And I noticed things shifting. I started to become a little bit more peaceful and I wanted more. So I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from my childhood and my earlier years, which were several pages worth. And I tapped through one each night for about an hour to an hour and a half each night until I'd gone through them all. And my mind started to become quiet and peaceful. And I remember opening my kitchen door and saying, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because my mind that used to be so busy and so negative and critical, it wasn't anymore. And it was so amazing to experience that difference right there. And I wanted more. Yeah, when you do this, you want more, absolutely. (laughs) Right. It felt so good. So I just kept going and it I realized what it's doing is it's opening up the subconscious mind and it's expanding the awareness. So I started to become aware of my feelings during the day because I'd suppressed them for 40 years or so. And I didn't know how I felt. So I started to become aware of how I felt. Then I started to become aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions, right? Because we'll use a or a word like anger or sadness or frustration. But what we're really describing is how we're feeling a set of physical sensations or tensions inside. So I became aware of those. And when I was aware of those, I didn't need to use EFT so much. I actually worked out how to feel my feelings. I was actually in a group at the time and the guy in the group said, you don't have to meditate. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is feel your feelings. So I got to the place where I realized I could try and do that. And I didn't want to meditate. I've never really meditated. So this was all done without meditation. So I would feel those feelings. So what does fear feel like in the body? For me, it felt like tension mostly in my stomach or my solar plexus. So I would focus on that tension, that fear sitting inside my body. And when I focused on it for long enough, I would feel a shift and it would release a little bit and so I would do this do it over and over again with the same thought think the same fearful thought feel the fear it would shift think the thought again feel it again it would shift and I just do over and over until the fear had released from that thought but isn't it I mean from a lot of like uh, scientific thought that if you uh, or spiritual thought if you focus too much on the negative which is the fear then you feed more of it you don't let it go. So isn't that contradictory? It does feel that way, doesn't it? It does a little bit. Yes, but no, the tapping with the EFT, the tapping is actually releasing it. And the feeling it is releasing it. Now, if you get caught up in the emotion, right, you get caught up in the fear and you have all these fearful thoughts and you just keep going, right, you keep going and going, then yes, you are, that's your signal in the moment and you're attracting it back into your future. Okay. But but if you're thinking of it and releasing it, it's different. Yeah. The, the, the main core answer is not to hold it for too long. Well, to do something while you're holding it. 
okay. right, to feel it or to tap and let it out of the body because it's just stuck energy. It's okay. energy that's stuck in the body. It wants to release. So if we find a way to release it, it, it really, it's just gone. It just leaves the body. I mean, it's amazing to experience. And, and that's why I'm sharing my story. I want people to know that we can do this. So, so I would, yeah, yeah carry the, on. The tapping technique allows just, the, the, you said the release of the emotion, either the anger, frustration, fear, whatever it is. But then when it comes back again, is it, does it come back light, lighter and lighter every time? Or does it still have so much strength as it did before? No, it absolutely is a permanent shift. Now, um, as I said, it opens up the subconscious mind, right? So when I first worked on it, it was about finding my mother dead in my bathroom when I was 19. Okay. But now I'm, I'm in my late 30s and I'm working on this trauma from 20 years prior. So the first time I worked on it, um, that, that surface layer of emotions dissipated. So that was permanently gone but it opens up the subconscious mind. So more aspects of the story, more emotions from another part of the story surface later on. And then I'd have to work with those and let those go. And then more detail would surface and I'd have to let those go. So yes, it's a permanent shift, but there's another layer underneath. So how much do you have to dig? (laughs) (laughs) It depends on the trauma. Right. It depends how deep it is, how long it's been there and how how much emotion is stored with it. So if people know that this this solution of like, um, you know, figuring out how to tap and how to do this kind of exercise, if they if there's a solution out there, why don't people do it? I mean, a lot of people hold on for so much negative negativity in their mind or in their body. And that brings more tension, more anger, more frustration, and so on and so forth. So if there's a solution, why don't people go for it? Why do <laughs> well, a couple of reasons, right? It's scary. It's scary to look inside, right? And we sometimes think those feelings are going to annihilate us. And, and it's just too scary to go there. Okay. And um, it's also, in my experience, it looks seems like something like EFT is just, it doesn't look like it's doing much, right? How can, how can tapping on different parts of the body really make a difference, right? It doesn't look like it's doing much. But I had an experience early on. I, I actually got to tap on my mother's death with a holistic physician. And that was the first time I realized, oh, this energy is just stuck in the body. But then I went home and learned how to do it. And I had a 17-year-old cat at home at the time who had just been told needed to have a daily saline shot. So when I gave him the first shot, my hand was shaking uncontrollably. I was so afraid of giving him this shot. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try it out. So I tapped. I tapped about every aspect of that situation. So about my hands shaking, about my fear of hurting the cat, my fear of giving the injection, and all the memories I had around injections from my past because I had had a lot. And the next day, the needle just slid right in and all the fear that had been in my body the day before had just gone. And that's when I realized the freedom, the freedom that we want is on the other side of those emotions. And that's where I wanted to be. So when you take like one, one of the primary or secondary emotion, which may be stress, what do you do to be able to like uh, alleviate this kind of, because stress is going to come day in and day out. Everyone will experience it. Everyone will feel it. But then feeling the stress, it, it comes up differently with many people. Some people, they, it goes in the stomach, in the core, others in the lower back, others in the neck, others in the legs. So it, it comes up in a different way. So how do you know 
that this is specifically related to the stress or any other emotions that you're experiencing at this moment? Well, you don't need to know. If you're using EFT, all you're doing is you're tapping on what you're feeling right now. So, so you might just be aware of the physical tension, right? Sure. So in which case you're tapping, when you're tapping, you used the words, use the words to bring the feeling back in the body. So you might use the words, I can feel this stress in my shoulders right now, right? And those would be the words you would tap using. And as that stress released out of the shoulders, something else might come to mind, right? So it might be an emotion. Oh, I'm actually afraid of doing this task tomorrow, right? That thought might pop into your mind as you're releasing that stress in your shoulders. Mm -hmm. And then you would tap on, I'm really your, your truth, right? So your truth would be, I'm so afraid of doing this task tomorrow, whatever it is, right? So then you would tap on that. So it doesn't matter that you don't really know, you just find your truth because that's that's what we're doing. We're accepting whatever it is we're feeling. And the sooner there is acceptance, that's when the shift happens. But don't you have to tap where the, 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 the physical pain is? So if you have the shoulder pain, you'll tap on the shoulder. If you have like a neck pain on the neck. So why is it? Mm, no. <laughs> body work? EFT, you're actually tapping on the same specific points each time. And they're the ends of meridian systems. Okay. So it's a little bit like acupressure. We're just tapping on specific places and we're using the words to bring the feeling back in the body. Yeah, you don't actually tap on the place that has the, the tension. You're just tapping on these specific places. And there's nine or 10 places in the body. And anyone can look it up. I've got a video on my YouTube channel that has a demonstration of EFT and talks about how you can tell that the body is releasing tension. So how long do you have to do that for? So let's say when you feel that emotion, that physical stress or, or trigger, whatever you want to call it, uh, how long do you have to do this? Do you do this until you feel more calm, until you feel that the stress is completely gone? Or how long does it usually take for you to be able to feel more at ease? Again, it's going to be different for different things, and it depends how long you have. But yes, you would keep tapping until you feel some relief. And it could be that then another thought comes up or another memory. Okay. And, and we're looking for those. It's really good to actually look for the memory and say, well, what does this remind me of? And it probably is something from childhood because we replay things over and over and over again. Okay. Yeah. So you just keep going until there is some relief and the body will show you it will it will start yawning or some people will burp or your sigh and the words you're using right you might have pain in your voice as you're saying oh I feel so much stress in my shoulders okay. but as you keep saying it and you keep releasing the stress it will just become words right I can yes. yeah I, I, there's some stress in my shoulders right it sounds very different when you're saying it without the pain mm -hmm. there that's true. And you were talking originally, and uh, I would say in the beginning, you talked about the laws of attraction, thoughts becomes things. So um, when you tap on certain area in your body, and you talk about I'm very stressed, etc. When do you start putting those thoughts, those positive thoughts in your mind, so it could become the things that you want in your life? Do you say it after the, 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 the energy, the negative energy was released? Or when do you start using those laws of attraction? Okay, so I think of the law of attraction in a different way. And I don't use that phrase, thoughts become things. Okay. Think of it as it's just a law that's working all the time. So every second of every day, we are emitting a signal and we're attracting back to us based on that signal. Okay. And that signal is all of us, right? It's our 
gender, it's our size, it's our hair, it's our clothes, it is our thoughts. But the biggest part of it, and I have found this from later in my story where I'm able to put my awareness inside my body, the biggest part of that signal is the tension that we hold inside from our past, from the traumas, from the emotions that we're holding inside of ourselves. So if we release that, if we release the traumas and that stuck energy, that shifts our signal, right? So doing this work, thinking about a thought that is negative and releasing it, that that changes our signal permanently. It's a permanent, it changes our future. Okay. But the other thing is, because now I can see inside, and I know we haven't got there yet, but I can sense on the inside, I know that the tension we hold there is the darkness. And once we release that tension or the darkness, it's already light inside. So we don't actually need to put any positive in there. It's already there. And that's a really amazing thing to actually experience. Once you've done enough tapping, the positive emotions will just arise. Compassion and understanding will just arise. And that I would not have believed that 10, 15 years ago until I'd experienced it myself. But that is the truth. So did you experience this after your mom passed away at 19? Did you start doing or practicing that? Or was it way after? It was way after. I was in my late 30s. Yeah, I needed to experience something. I had a business altercation with a couple of other mothers who were very self-confident, self-assured women. And I was not. And they told me I'd done something wrong. (laughs) And my mind just kept spinning over and over and over what they'd said and what I'd said and what had happened. And I couldn't sleep for days. And that's when I realized, okay, something something else is going on here. And I, I realized it was something from my childhood. So the tapping method would work very good for those who are dealing with PTSD and any other uh, childhood trauma that actually is affecting the way that they live their life today. Absolutely. Yes. I had PTSD from my dad having anger issues and both parents being alcoholics. Okay. So yes. And I don't know. And it does, it really does change. It does change. So there's, there's hope because, you know, mostly those who deal with PTSD uh, usually get a therapist like me, like they do uh, psychotherapy, which is talk therapy to be able to help them just release. So basically we're doing the same thing in a talk therapy approach, but yet you're doing it more in a physical and by feeling more the inside of what you're, <clears throat> what you're going through allows you to be able to kind of like let go of that energy. But unfortunately for those who are dealing with PTSD, they've been holding on this stress for so long and it's just like their body atrophied literally like for example if those who are taking like for me i am dealing with what we call hypothyroidism okay um which is my thyroid gland was never really functioning to its full capacity um for since i was born i had to take uh or synthroid which is a synthetic hormone that enables my metabolism to work normally Um, most people who deal with hypothyroidism, they're overweight, obese and all that, because the metabolism is slow. So now I could not stop taking Synthroid because I can die because my body is so used to external hormones to be able to get my body to function because I've taken it for so long. So if I stop taking it, I'm doomed. So the same works with PTSD. If you've been holding on for that stress for too long or for so long, you start getting so used to it 
and you just manage your life around it, but it's never really coming out of your body because you, you've, you've kind of lived your life around it and not through it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So there was um, one thing I want, yes. One thing I wanted to say, um, yes, talking through it. And, and I'm not saying anything wrong with what you're doing. I, I just think it would be more beneficial to talk through it and tap at the same time. I know it's time. It sounds weird, but if you're talking through it and tapping at the same time, you're, you're not, you're not keeping it in the body, right? When we talk through it, right? We talk, just talked about the law of attraction. As you focus on it, you're emitting that signal. But if you talk through it and tap, you're releasing it at the same time. And to me, it is that physical connection until we're aware at the deeper level. It's that physical connection that actually releases it from the body. And yes, I mean, I, I did have PTSD and I do not now. So yes, we get used to it. It kind of keeps us in a, in a box. Correct. I know one of the spiritual teachers, and I don't know if you know of her, Abraham Hicks, she yeah. talks about Absolutely. going with the flow. But, you know, if I had kept going with my flow, I would have stayed in this very narrow river that kept me safe from okay. all these other things that were too scary. So what I realized, I actually need to feel that fear. Okay. actually feel it and let it go. And that's where the freedom comes. It expands the flow, right? It expands the box, expands the river to make, um, make life more, more joyful. So since people cannot really see this podcast, they could just hear it because this is primarily audio. Can you tell to the listeners, what are the nine or 10 points that they have to tap on so when they talk about their uh, stress to a therapist like me or to their friends or whatever it is, they can practice what you just mentioned on this uh, podcast. So what are the 10 points or the key points where they have to tap on? Okay. The first one is the karate chop point on the side of the hand between the wrist and the pinky. Okay. And that's where you do a set up phrase. So it might be, even though I'm afraid of doing this task tomorrow, that's my truth in this moment. And it's okay that I feel this way. Okay. So you say that three times. That's the setup. The next point is the crown point on the top of the head. Okay. And you're tapping fairly firmly, but you don't want to hurt yourself, right? It's just trying to create an interrupt into the nervous system of the okay. body. The next point is the beginning of the eyebrow, then the bone on the edge of the eye, then the bone under the eye, then on the upper lip under the nose, okay. then on the chin, okay. then the collarbone. And the last point is under the arm, about three or four inches where the bra strap goes across if you have one. Okay. And then you take a deep breath, you let it out. And that's one round of EFT. Very simple. Okay. And you, you go, basically, you, you go around the head, go down to the, to the collarbone and the armpits. So you, you follow this, this kind of like path. Yes. And you just go around and around. Yes. Taking a deep breath every now and then. And yes. And you just keep the, the key thing is to keep. So you, in some ways it might not be the same as therapy, but like when I was talking about my mother's death, I would go through the whole the whole story about me waking up in the morning and, you know, finding her. And then I would come back to the beginning and I would tell the story again. And I would tap through the emotions that I would feel. And then I would come back to the beginning and I would tell it again. So I'm telling it over and over again. So even if it's a thought or a fear, like I'm, I'm afraid about doing something tomorrow, okay. I would keep tapping on the same thing over and over until the emotion, the stuck energy had dissipated. But you said, say three times. 
right the setup phrase on the karate chop points yes you say that three times i fully don't understand why that's said three times the person who developed it did that so i continue with that (laughs) when you go through that one cycle and what happens how many more times that you have to go through that same cycle until you feel relief okay so that can go like an hour two hours Uh, how how many or how long does that people usually, most people, the average, I would say, um, how long does it really take for them to say, well, it's like meditation. People cannot really fathom the, the, the fact of sitting down, thinking about 30 minutes, thinking about nothing. Okay. This is what basically meditation is just clearing your mind. So when it comes to this cycle, can we give an idea to our listeners about what should I expect? Very much depends on the amount of the emotion right, involved, right? So if I'm afraid of doing something small tomorrow, like doing the dishes, <laughs> then it might take five minutes, maybe. Doing my cats for um, that injection, I didn't tap for very long, maybe 10 minutes. Now doing something like my mother's best, right? There's a lot more to it. So the first time I did it with that doctor for 15 minutes, but then I did it multiple times after that. So it's whatever, whatever you can do, right? Sometimes it's just too scary to keep going, right? And so yeah. at that, that point, okay, stop and do it again another time. Okay, I see. Yes, yeah, so there's no set time frame. You can do it as much or as little as you want. Now, when I was working through my childhood, as I said, I, I did a, like an hour to an hour and a half each night working through one issue at a time because I was determined to change. So um, when you said you were working on one in issue at a time, so once that issue was resolved, then you jump to the next one or you were able to mix those kind of issues. So sometimes one day you did one issue, the next day you did another one, a third one, fourth one, and then you recycled it. If, well, if for an hour to an hour and a half, it's, it's pretty much enough time to let something go okay. fully. <laughs> now it might something might come up again in the future and then you'd work on it again. But I had multiple different traumas that I could work on one each day. Okay, I see. Yeah, and you want to be as specific as possible. So if there's a one place in time where something specific happens, that's what you would tap on, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do generalities. It's like, well, my dad was, had anger issues, right? I could start there, but then if I could remember specific instances that, instance instances then those are the things that i would work on okay so when you you teach um your you coach your clients to be able to use the eft method um how do you start with that how do you guide them through that process we always start right exactly where we are right so if if we're afraid of looking into our past that's where we'd start we start working on this fear of looking into our past. And then you'd work on whatever issues are uppermost in someone's mind, right? If someone's going through some physical ailment, that is what you'd work on because that would be probably uppermost in their mind, right? If they have a disease yes. or something, right? Or someone's stressed with their marriage or with their work, you'd, you'd work on whatever comes to mind as the most important thing because you can always go from there backwards in time to other things. So, um, you know, if someone's really determined as I was, I would have them write down everything, every trauma that they can remember and tap through one each time. And that's why I write in my book. I have, I wrote down in my book exactly what I did and what someone else could do as well. 
So let me, can I finish my story? Let me just finish my story. So people know the power of this, right? So I just kept going with the feeling, the feelings. And then I worked on collective traumas. So I would work on things like 9-11 and the Loma Prieta earthquake that I was in, those big things, and just feel all those sensations and allow them to dissipate. And at some point I realized I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had dissipated. And so I started working at a deeper level still, like inside the body, and I could put my awareness on tension or no tension. I'd find a place with tension. I'd focus on it, allow it to be, and it would shift. And then I'd do it again and again and again. So now I'm at a deeper physical level than I was before. And at some point I could put my awareness inside my head. And once I got inside my head, there was so much pain and tension in there. The forces pulling my bones out of alignment were just massive. And I had lived at this point 50 years without being aware of this tension inside my head. So I know a lot of times like we, we, we don't think, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not affected. Or it's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with me. But it's just that we're not aware of it. <laughs> so I started working on it a little bit at a time, just feeling the tension allowing it to be, letting it go over and over again. And so I've actually been able to release the tension in my bones, in my skull, and my eye sockets have aligned. My jaw, which was way off to the side, is now more centered, and my neck. I've had scoliosis since a child, and my neck is so much more straightened than it ever was. And I've grown half an inch at 55. So I know that we can release tension at such a deep level that we're not aware of, but we can do it and it can change all sorts of things. So where can our listeners find your book, Anne? It's on Amazon. What's the title of it? It's called A Pathway to Insight. A Pathway to Insight. Okay. And uh, you said it, ca- it can be found on Amazon or? Uh... Yes. Or you can ask your local bookstore to order it. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So what would be the, I would say, the main advice that you would give to all of our listeners to be before we conclude this podcast, when it comes to dealing with stress, dealing with anxiety, dealing with uh, whatever else they deal with in their life as to where to get started? Well, I think a lot of time we, we like to blame other people, right? We think the stress is caused by other people or you know, something that's happened, but we always have control over how we feel about it. And we can work on that feeling. We can even taking a deep breath is going to change our signal in the moment and change what we're attracting into our future. So as simple as that. But if you want to go further, then learn something like EFT and actually release that stress in the moment because you're changing your future at that point. Well, that is beautiful, Anne. And, but that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. And I really do appreciate you taking the time of your very busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for participating and inspiring our many listeners with your incredible story. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming guests that we have scheduled for season nine of the Happiness Dream podcast, filled with inspirational stories, just like the one that you listened to today. And now here are some concluding words of wisdom. The famous Arnold Schwarzenegger once said, and I will certainly not use my Austrian accent on this one. Strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strength. When you go through hardship and decide not to surrender, that is a sign of strength. The seven-time winner, Mr. Olympia, an actor, knows what he's talking about. Coming from a foreign country attempting to reach his dream made him to become the person that he is today. He never allowed anything to stop him. 
including his massive body and accent. He understood what it took to become successful and push himself to achieving all his dreams. From bodybuilder to actor to governor, Arnold knew his life trajectory. His struggles didn't define him. It just allowed him to push himself to another dimension without having any limiting belief of what person he would become. He is truly an inspiration for the many out there who desire so much in achieving greatness. It's not about how much you can lift or bench press or squat. It's about how you can use your mind and succeed in everything you do. If Arnold did it, you can too. My name is Dr. Dan Emzalag, and you may all keep pursuing your amazing journey in life.